Hello and welcome back to the Social Matters Podcast. We are three social workers talking about social matters. I'm Eugene. I'm Nadia. And I'm Fran. Hi guys, welcome back again. Episode 12 now. Oh. I always say the episode, on, no I don't always, but maybe sometimes I say the episode, I forget what one we're on. This is 12. This is 12. Oh, that was a question to you. Oh, uh, that was a question to you. Okay. <laughs> What number is it? This is 12. Oh, I'm okay. pretty sure this is 12. It's, it's going quickly. I yeah, I know. I don't know. This just flying past. Anyway, remember last episode we talked about self-care? Yeah. So I thought maybe we can check in to see how your self-care plans have been going. And what did you, or maybe not what did you plan to do, but just what have you been doing? Um, I have, I didn't make a plan as such. But I'd say I'd say my self care is pretty good at the moment. I'm having to be on top of it um, because I'm really really busy at the moment. I've got a lot going on, so I am trying to make sure that it's happening, and that includes candles. Yay! Yeah. My candles. Um, I had a bath the other day. I don't have baths. I usually mm. just have showers. Oh, thank God you said that. Last <laughs> <bit>. <laughs> just don't do baths, people. <laughs> just doesn't Same happen. Same with me, actually. I don't have baths very often, but I do I do like a bath. Mm. Or bath. Yeah, I was going to say that. <laughs> there ain't no R in bar. <laughs> bath. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's me. What about you guys? Yeah, I've had um, some nice weekends, sort of seeing friends. I think that's really important and just being try to be quite sort of boundaried with my weekends around work. Mm. This time last year I was studying as well, so I can fully kind of sympathise with Nads. But yeah, you kind of notice when you get your weekends back a little bit. But yeah, mm. I think just trying to have nice um, mm. weekends, really. Did you not good. say that you were going to read that Akala book? Have you started that yet? Yeah, that's that was from last summer. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was part of your self-care plan. I've uh, been listening to that on aud- mm, Audible, actually. Yeah, yeah. It's very, it makes me feel... Carla makes me feel like a dunce, man. He's so, really? He's so yeah. what intelligent. What is it? Because I've heard about the book. I haven't read it. I need to. It's on my list. What's the focus? What's the angle? It's So it's about his kind of views on race and culture. And mm. this is definitely another podcast oh yeah we've got that line we review it definitely but yeah it's really he he's so articulate and so intelligent and just Mm. so well informed um Mm. and yeah he's i was gonna say writing style but i'm listening to him say it um i'm not oh sorry guys i'm not reading it so yeah i don't know but his style is yeah I, i can really get down with it does he read it he does read it, yeah. Oh, yeah. is it? I was yeah. About that with oh, the, I need like, to get an audio. Who, yeah. Who does the audio? But he does it. Yeah. It's great. Where'd you download it? I need to download that. On Audible. Okay. With Amazon. They're not sponsoring this podcast, by the way. But <laughs> no <laughs> one's sponsoring this podcast. There's also other book places to download to, stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's really it's really really great. Oh, good. I'm gonna yeah, check get it involved, out. Huge. Yeah, no, that's probably good. Gonna be something that I add to my self-care because we spoke about doing leisurely reading i think Mm. that's something that i need to up but yeah i think i've been quite good um self-care wise i know uh, when we spoke of um last time in last episode after that conversation i felt you know what i'm going to get back on this i I actually inspired me to kind of get back into the flow of of doing what i was doing before self-care wise and i know last time we spoke about self-care being different for different people and for me it's it's always more active and more fitness wise and sport wise and laughter is never a problem with me so that's (laughs) fine so i've been trying to skip for half an hour every morning because i was doing that regularly 
from way back when I used to do boxing. So skipping for half an hour. Yeah, yeah. That's so impressive. Mm. Oh, thanks. Mm. No, that is. Um, so do you know how the boxers? Yeah. Kit? So trying to keep up that flow, but those ceilings in my, as you can see, are quite low. So sometimes I scrape the roof. I don't do it in here. Do it in. Uh, Not go room. outside in the street with the children. No, it's too cold. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, it, it, intense and take breaks when I'm absolutely shattered. But then get back on it mm. again. And then by the end, I'm like sweating buckets. But then jumping in the shower and then feel energized for the for the day ahead. So I've been doing that. I've been trying to go back to the gym on a regular basis. Trying to do three times a week, but probably doing about two. And then yeah, still keeping up with tennis. Because the weather's been not too bad in the last couple of weeks. Um, a bit cold, but not raining or anything like that. So long may it continue. I think the, mo- the most difficult thing for me is the dark mornings and evenings. I think that probably makes me feel like, oh, I just want to go home and put on my dressing gown yeah. and get into bed. So I have to fight against that. So yeah, Definitely. I think it's been going... Not too shabbily. Shabbily. Shabba. Yeah, you <laughs> took it right out of my mouth. Fran's too fast. Shabba. Don't consider it. it. Just come oh. out because then Fran will already do it. Um, okay, what are we talking about today? Today we're going to talk about boundaries, aren't we? We are. And probably, as with a lot of our topics, I, I was just thinking it might be helpful to say what we both think or both. Am I, I dropped Sorry, out? Of this. I, was like, <laughs> I was like, who is it? Did she both. cut you or did she cut me? <laughs> me, myself, and I. What we, um, how we, how we understand boundaries, yeah. what that mm. means to us, and then have a little bit of a yeah discussion around some boundary scenarios. Mm. But also why we why we decided to talk about it as well because I think it wasn't me who came up with it. So I think it was me. Yeah, that's what I was waiting for you to chip uh, in. Yeah, <laughs> no, it was me. Um, why did why did I pick? I just think it's an interesting topic to talk about because it, I think it raises quite a bit of debate and difference among um, different people. Obviously, there are you know guidelines that as social workers we need to adhere to, and our registration depends on it with the HCPC. <laughs> so we're not trying to you know yeah veer too widely from that. But you know within the kind of guidelines, like what what are the kind of yeah views on on different scenarios and and that sort of thing. Also. The challenge in the field we work in, and going back to your question, Fran, around what does boundaries kind of mean to us, the challenge is that there are scenarios that no one can predict. There are scenarios that are created and and built on a foundation of relationships and the importance of that. So the guidelines kind of help us to make a practical and rational decision in the moment, but then the level of subjectivity in that means that it will differ for each person. Definitely, and I think just yeah, pick, picking up on the um, on the guidelines. I suppose there's, there's different things, isn't there? Because I think there's things that like we would all know that you like you shouldn't do. That's not disputed, like stealing from family, going into a home and stealing from them. Yeah. So there's some things like that that yeah, definitely, definitely don't do that. But as you said, then there's other things that I guess yeah, we talk about lines and boundaries. But there's no actual line. Do you know what I mean? Like we talk about, oh, you, you shouldn't cross over this line. But it's not a visible line. Yeah. And that's where I think the kind of discussion and debate comes, doesn't it? Because it is will be up for discussion and yeah. is quite subjective. When thinking about boundaries, it's also thinking about how we... It's changing all the time. And I guess it's a case-by-case situation, isn't it? And that you have to kind of reflect all the time on your professional persona and presentation. Mm. Yeah. 
it kind of connects with just as you were speaking friend with things that we've discussed in previous podcasts particularly when thinking about our relationship to boundaries in a reflexive way so what is it about us our past experiences our upbringings our prior relationships with with boundaries strong boundaries lack of boundaries that affects how we approach our work and not only boundaries in social work but also professional boundaries with with colleagues um, boundaries with friends boundaries with family members what is it about our prior experience that impacts and effects on that so when I think about my position as a social worker like what you said Nads, the guidelines professional guidelines and professional training influences how I view boundaries but that merges inevitably with my own personal mm-hmm. experiences of boundaries and relationships to kind of form what is I think a professional professional social worker Eugene yeah. Just for for clarity, I guess, how would you describe what we're talking about when we're talking about boundaries? Because I think we use the term quite a lot of mm. social workers, but yeah. for people who are maybe non-social workers or less familiar, boundaries might mean something quite different to them. So what would you? how would you describe boundaries and what we're talking about today? It's a difficult one. It's like, I t- that's not a question I thought of. Yeah. I think if I'm thinking about boundaries... I would describe it as a space between people. Mm. So it's almost like if you as an individual are one to four, on a scale of one to ten, you are one to four, not hierarchically, but all on the same level. So if you're one to four and somebody that you're in whatever relationship with, a professional relationship or a personal relationship, are numbers ten to six, number five is the space in between. And that is a boundary between the two of you that you possibly won't cross without permission from the other or without reason to or without permission or professional authority so boundaries I think are I view boundaries as a way of protecting people and a way of uh, providing people with their own personal space their own personal thoughts their own personal feelings and in order to enter that five zone that's the space in between there needs to be permission there needs to be reason to but there's some scenarios where you can't cross that boundary and you have to you can't cross that line and you have to stay there Hmm. that makes sense yeah that makes sense i was also thinking a bit about boundaries kind of like as standards like standards Mm. that you have for yourself Mm -hmm. or standards that you have for your practice it makes me think about like when i think about me being boundaried as a social worker in terms of my practice i'm very boundaried at not checking my phone after a certain time mm. if it's out of work or hours or I'm very boundaried I definitely don't look at it at the weekends mm-hmm. that that sort of thing and kind of links back a little bit to our previous podcast about self-care because yeah. yeah to be to be looking after yourself and not kind of letting work take over your life you have to have some standards and some mm. boundaries around those sorts of things mm. yeah and I think that's really helpful to think about boundaries because I think sometimes we might just think of them around how we are with kind of families and that relationship but it is about the wider aspect of our work isn't it and the boundaries we put on that so I'd agree really Nads I, I, I guess I'd say it's like a sort of set of rules or expectations that covers how we how we behave mm. across different work contexts and domains yeah and then just thinking about what boundaries may look like in other areas so just as you guys were speaking I was thinking about old school I think it's medieval times where people used to have like castles or territories or stuff like that and they used to build 
wars to protect. Actually, we're doing that now, apparently. And <laughs> we just build wars to protect your area and mm. to, to kind of identify that this is an area that you don't cross. This is a territory that you don't cross. And if you do cross it, then something's up. So that kind of makes me link in with what does boundaries look like in social work. So when you're talking about Nadia not answering your phone or being very boundaried in that sense, you, that's your wall. And if you cross it, then, or if someone were to cross it, or if you were to make the work cross it, mm. then it's impacting on, on you and self. And it's, it's interesting, isn't it, thinking about, I guess with your number analogy and it being that kind of space in between or thinking about a wall, but how it's quite important to try and get that balance, isn't it, between being yourself, being personable and authentic. Because so much of our work's based on relationships. Yeah. But then having to have that sort of professional boundary around it yeah. and, and how you still make those, uh, you know, make those relationships, but has that kind of, professional element to it yeah but you're still true to yourself and it is quite a tricky thing to navigate and i'm not saying it's it's tricky to be professional (laughs) i guess i'm meaning like to get that balance of being personable of being trustworthy of being open and supportive whilst having a a little bit of a professional wall seems too strong but you know a professional kind of standard Standard yeah 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 because it makes me think about when you do start or when we do start off relationships with um, people that we work with, children, families, teenagers, what is it that we are trying to present? What is it that we're trying to put across in our engagement? It is the fact that, yes, we are relational, we are personable, you can connect with us, but also we are there because in most situations help is required or there is a, a concern. This is us thinking about from a child protection perspective or or safeguarding perspective because that's where most of our experience is so alongside boundaries comes for me clarity and transparency as well so you can focus on trying to let someone in or trying to be relational but at the end of the day the highest what's most important is our professionalism is our role to safeguard our duty to protect so when we do start off relationships it's about making that clear in, in the conversations we have and in the reactions we have that yeah there may be times where we're in that space in the middle as you described Fran but when we're here we're still remembering our professional roles and mm. responsibilities and I guess the family's well-being has to be the highest context doesn't it so that's what we're kind of judging boundaries on you know if, if there's something that you think is is jeopardizing that or that relationship so that's when we we have to reflect but I think it is important to reflect all the time it's it's a healthy to do that. That doesn't mean to say you kind of are unboundaried. I just mm. think, uh, you know, it, it's kind of fluid, isn't it? And each family you work with, you might have to kind of yeah. check check yourself. Yeah, true. Um, check yourself. I suppose you two fancy doing a little uh, quiz. Oh, let's do it. You say that like there's a choice. We uh, we we discussed this prior. You hold to up in the room <laughs> and you're on the mic. Yes. Um, uh, so there's a book by uh, Frank Cooper, actually, Professional Boundaries in Social Work and Social Care. And in uh, chapter two of the book, there's a, the chapter's entitled How Tight Are Your Boundaries? Mm. And in it, he's got a number of questions so you can sort of, I guess, rate or discuss, actually. Because I guess, again, this is, you know, one person's view as well. But I think it's just really interesting to have some discussion around it. So I thought we could have a, have a little discussion around some of the questions. Yeah, mm-hmm. let's do it. So let's go. 
question number one. I say it's like a quiz, but there's no prize. Sorry. Oh, I was uh, I was ready to win. <laughs> I thought it was like a quiz that you can win. Just for discussion and debate. That's okay, what we love. Fine. Right. So you're walking with your partner, and you see a client you're currently working with walking down the street towards you. What do you do? Ignore them. Make eye contact and see what they want to do. Nod a brief hello to them. Stop and chat with them. Stop them and introduce your partner. Mm. I feel like, yeah, I, I'd want to kind of gauge it from them. So mm. I'd make eye contact and then, you know, say, hey, I think, I don't know. I don't know. Mm. I'd have to gauge it in the moment with yeah. them. I wouldn't push my partner in the road or something. It's <laughs> like, you know, I wouldn't don't talk do, to me. Yeah, just like, <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't do that. I mm. just think, because that's just extra. I think I would, yeah, I, th- I wouldn't carry on walking past them. Yeah, mm. I would gauge from them what they wanted to do. Yeah, I think I would. What was option number three? Nod, give a nod. I think that's what I would do, because I would want to acknowledge. It also, it depends on the situation. So, for example, say I just had a visit with them on a Friday, and it was like really emotive and something significant that's happening in their lives and stuff like that. To completely ignore them, I think would poo-poo the relationship that you you had with mm. them and that you built with them. Did you just to say poo-poo? Poo-poo, yes. <laughs> to nod, uh, I was just like, I was trying not to swear. Um, <laughs> to nod, I think, for me, um, it's almost, like you said, Nadia, a bit of an acknowledgement that, yeah, you see them, but then gauge what they want to do. Because if I nod and they're like, oh, hi, yeah. then I think because they are the ones taking the lead, then I would engage in that conversation. But I may not go and start off that conversation because... They they may not want to have a chat with me, and yeah. And, yeah. and then that may that may put them in a position where whoever they're with or whoever they're talking to may be aware of that they have a social worker or they have a social worker working with their kids, and they may not want that. So I would I would probably not acknowledge. What about you? Probably similar. I think you've just got to judge it well by that person, but I, I would definitely acknowledge them in some way because I wouldn't want to be rude at yeah. all but it is also as you said being quite attuned to thinking like do they do they want to talk to me yeah like what's going on so i guess it's just in that moment isn't it mm. um seeing yeah what they sort of want maybe want to interact in that moment yeah again interesting one again no sort of right or wrong answers there i yeah, think it's interesting isn't it the different kind of variables i was just thinking as well because um again we've always we always mentioned context but i talked about what if on a Friday you had a really good visit with them and then it was very emotive, but what in the, on a Friday that you just had to do something, unfortunately, that made them like really hate you, like you had to go to court and get an order to remove their child or whatever. So, yeah, I think a lot of it is context dependent. Definitely. Um, a client asks if you have a partner and children, what do you do? Give a totally honest answer. Tell them it's none of their business. Acknowledge your situation without giving too much information away. Um, get out your family photos. <laughs> Have a moan about your partner or lack of partner. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was it? Can you go through them again? Sorry, I wasn't listening. I was Yours would probably be huge. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Give a totally honest answer. Tell them it's none of their business. Acknowledge your situation without giving too much information away. Get out your family photos or have a moan about your partner, mm. lack of partner. I think we kind of had a bit of this discussion in a couple of podcasts ago. I think I would be honest or 
I would want to know, uh, you were saying this a couple of podcasts ago, Nadia, mm. the reasons behind the questions. If if that question just came out of the blue, then yes, I think I'll feel, I will definitely give an honest and open answer. But then if it comes in a pattern of, I don't know, conversation around uh, knowledge around, I don't know, childcare or whatever, mm. then or in the general scheme of my work, then I would probably want to know more about why they were asking that question but i think i would give away an honest answer the extent of it would be depend on the relationship i had with that yeah person. i think telling them to mind their own business is a surefire way to mash up any relationship <laughs> <laughs> mind your business. That? exactly none of your business <laughs> so rude yeah i wouldn't do that yeah if anyone's answering a b out there yeah. maybe <laughs> think of another profession yeah I, i'd i'd agree with with you huge i guess it's yeah, it's, for me again, it's wanting to be be human. I think I'd go basic mm. basic facts. Yeah, but not. I wouldn't get the family photos out. But um, mm. <laughs> I think if you're having that relationship with them, often it it can come out, can't yeah. it? Just not mm. through like necessarily talking. But if someone asks you, but yeah, I'd, I'd probably be curious about why they might be asking, not mm. necessarily ask it in those terms. But yeah. yeah, I just as we were agreeing with each other, I'm conscious that we are similar people, so we have similar views and thinking the same way so i thought my favorite thing to do is play devil's advocate and if someone because i probably have come across social workers who said they won't reveal anything about them me too sales yeah just if we were to play devil's advocate and be curious about the position that they hold and think about why would somebody do that say i'm not going to share anything about me what would what would be the things that will come into your head well, it just makes me think about, you know, our early co- earlier conversations about our own standards. Mm. And it would, I s- suppose that for them, that would, they might have had a, I don't know, a, a tricky experience in the past, or maybe they've been told in their training that, you mm. know, they should never reveal anything. And they've just kind of always stuck with that and not really mm. kind of reviewed that or questioned it. And I think, you know, some people are are very kind of, guarded i don't know if that's the right word about about their personal stuff for fear of it being used and you know manipulated in some way but for me personally i don't i don't feel i mean we ask i think i've said this before but we ask Mm. people a lot about their you know intimate family details and to just give a little bit of yourself i don't think it's too it's too uh, obviously you need to judge it make sure that it's not going to be kind of sharing information with a family that might potentially cause you some form of harm in some way but i think it's i'm not sure i really answered your question about kind of thinking about their position but no you did and and the reason why i kind of asked that question because the thought that came into my head was what does somebody have to lose by answering the question and i'm thinking of people in a position where like you said they've they've been trained or grown up in a profession where maybe the untold message was that we have to separate ourselves from from the us and them and and us and them attitude Mm. which can be something that is an element of social work culture or identity historically but also when people have more to lose so for example they may live locally they may share the same supermarket with the with the family they may have kids that go to the same school or to the same youth center they may go to a similar place of worship or they may work in the same place 
One of your key clients who suffers from depression and is a heavy cannabis user is always late for your meetings if they turn up at all. What do you do? Keep offering them appointments and do the best you can. Make extra effort to remind them about the appointments. Offer to make home visits. Tell them they need to turn up or the sessions will end. Spend the session looking at their inability to turn up on time. Try to devise an action plan with them to deal with the issue. Tell them that when you smoke cannabis, it made you lazy as well. Wow! Um, <laughs> what are your uh, thoughts on that one? I So the way I would approach it, there were some helpful suggestions in there, I think, but I think the way I would approach it was would be to talk to them about it and say, okay, look, clearly this is a problem. Let's talk about it. What is it about the time of the appointment or whatever, what the appointment is? Let's talk about what is going to help you get there how how can i help you get there is it helpful if i send you reminders is it helpful Mm. if i come home like visit you at home you know what let's talk about it rather than making a decision about this is exactly what it is you're going to do because the client might not agree that that is the best way to make it happen Mm. so yeah i think opening a dialogue with them about what would make it work and also asking them about appointments that they do turn up to that's question um what what is it that nice. means that they turn up to those appointments yeah um, and yeah why looking for why exceptions d- there we go yeah that's what i think i'd do with this one i suppose it's it's the approach isn't it? it's got, so i suppose this is thinking about boundaries in how do we set boundaries with people that we work with and i guess it's whether we are we someone that approaches it like have you've just done in a kind of flexible and solution focused way or is it more that you say, no, do you know what I mean? You've this missed these appointments, mm. you know, I guess it depends what people's views are around how we should approach our work with families. Because I've worked with some people who were very boundaried with appointments, as in this is this is their opportunity to demonstrate X, Y, and Z, and they're not turning up. And it's, mm. you know, possibly too far the other way for where I am. But yeah. Um, yeah, how we are able to instill those those sorts of boundaries with the families. Th- these mm. are my expectations. These are, you know, my boundaries. And mm. you're breaking them, but I guess it's understanding the wider picture, isn't it, of what's going on for someone? Yeah, again, it's it's about an individual's approach to work and what informs that approach is, like we spoke about, their own experiences, their, vo- their own training and their own personal um, kind of relationship with boundaries. Because when you provide that scenario it's it's hard for me to pick one option and i think what influences uh, someone's thinking in that scenario is their view of how do they believe change occurs and how do they believe success occurs so there's two kind of prominent factors in that scenario that you gave somebody who uses cannabis and somebody who's who suffers from depression so depends on your kind of approach and your philosophy around how you believe change occurs so you focus on the fact that this is somebody who's who's depressed and there are a number of factors that are influencing and impacting on their depression so for me holding the line of you have to turn up to these appointments I might add into that and as a result do I believe that they're going to be further away from where they want to be but then at the same time the cannabis uh, misuse is an issue as well and depending on what my role is in that particular scenario do I have a responsibility to help them through that mm. again it's 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 context dependent but I think my approach would be something like you said Nadia that would be exploring and looking at the different factors looking at times where they were able to attend appointments being transparent about the impact and 
uh, the consequences for on them from on their actions but then trying to be empathic and come alongside them in order to help them through do you have any more questions yeah, i do Go on. i've got a, an interesting one that kind of we possibly have all been in this situation um oh, really well as in yeah we well, you'll you'll understand let, let me speak <laughs> no. um a new client spontaneously gives you a hug at the end of a particularly good session. So I guess I'm just thinking about hugs in general. What do you do? Hug them back and tell them what a positive session it was. Let them hug you, but don't really engage. <laughs> Avoid the hug and tell them that it's not appropriate. Accept the hug and tell them it's not appropriate. Tell them never to touch you. <laughs> These are good <laughs> questions. <laughs> yeah, answer, really. Yeah. The answer is on the postcard. Again, I think it. So it depends on. Uh, yeah. No, but it does. No, but it does really depend. I if don't it's if it's a guy trying to hug me, I would be most uncomfortable with that. Whereas if mm. it's it's different if it was yeah, a woman. Yeah. Like, so yeah, I do think yeah, gender plays a role. Yeah, age as well. If it was a young person, I don't know. Like, would I feel differently? Mm. Yeah. My very first session. Oh, I don't know. Is that a different thing? Is did you was did that you say a, first session? Was that the first session? A new client spontaneously gives you a hug at the oh. end of a particularly good session. So yeah, oh, I guess okay. early on in, early in your on. relationship. I mean, I'm a pretty huggy, tactile person anyway, so mm. it doesn't it doesn't make me feel too, you know, worried about mm. kind of physical contact. I think it's quite a human thing, but at the same time, I don't indiscriminately give hugs to all of my clients. Yeah. I think I don't know. It depends on on yeah how I, I was feeling. Yeah, and 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 the client. Yeah. And as you said, uh, we sort of often like play into the rules and the codes of a relationship. And if that starts early on, is it then this expectation every time you see them yeah. or they see you? Yeah. Big hug. Yeah. And yeah, so it's just, yeah, thinking about how you manage that. But then there's nothing worse because I'm also a, a huggy person. There's nothing worse than being hugging someone and it you know <laughs> not, no not nothing back so for me to do that to someone because i know i hate that like so yeah. for me to do that to someone would feel awful just yeah. to be like stand there with my arms straight mm. so yeah yeah but equally want to kind of talk about it as well but i'm interested to hear what you're gonna say huge because you're you're a guy yeah it is i i find that yeah, yeah. yeah thanks, thanks for that reminder yeah. um <laughs> sometimes when you remind me it's a, it's a difficult one because i think dominant stories around gender and the push in the sense of people thinking from a very heteronormative uh, perspective when you think about society and not even talking or thinking about the sexuality or sexual orientation of the person who I'm hugging but I think my maleness comes across a lot when I'm uh, thinking about working with and it has been historically majority people I've been working with are female and power plays a, a role because I feel when I'm working directly with uh, a female I have professional power because I'm a social worker I also feel that I have power because I'm a man and most of the time appearance wise I'm, I'm taller and bigger so I would never and have never initiated hugs but then in your scenario question it's really hard because it's about the meaning behind the hug if it's a session where they've opened up to you about something that's been traumatic to them in their lives that they've never opened up to anyone before mm. and it's natural for them to want to hug or initiate a hug if it's something that has happened then I think I would I wouldn't push them off but then I would have a conversation about it 
whether it's in that session there or whether it's in the session after I would have a conversation about what does it what does it mean and around talking about what the future is going to look like because what you were saying Fran around is it an expectation that hugs happen all the time because at the end of the day I want to be a relation I want to be personable but I'm not trying to mimic a private relationship I'm, I'm trying to make professionalism clear but still have that relational aspect so we can move forward and do good work yeah while he's talking I was just thinking about whether I've ever been in a situation like that and actually I actually have a guy mm. did try to come in for a hug and just instinctively I was like no and I just like <laughs> re- recoiled no. yeah but it was uh, it was a very it was a I need to protect myself kind of situation it yeah. wasn't mm. like you know in the office it was on a home visit so I think sometimes instinct just yes. works it out for you yeah um but yeah yeah and I guess it is that reflection as well, isn't it? So if hypothetically you found yourself in a situation where someone hugged you and then y- you did feel a bit, actually, I need to go and address that, then you can still have that conversation. It is about using kind of reflection and supervision spaces to go, actually, I need to have a look at that. I just got one final quick quick one. Go on. Because right, I, did, I did actually find, okay, find 15 myself seconds in this to situation. <laughs> one of your clients brings you a reasonably expensive bottle of perfume okay. <laughs> as a gift towards the end of your time working with them. This actually happened to me. Then you respond to this. Uh, <laughs> what do you do? Accept the gift with thanks. Refuse a gift as inappropriate. Accept the gift, but say you will have to share it with the team. And it was a uh, C for me. So I, I accepted it. I... Um, declared it i mean initially i I didn't want to accept it then he really wanted to give it to me so i accepted the gift declared it with my manager Mm. and then yeah with any gifts a kind of policy to share it with the team but i knew that bottle of perfume was not going to get shared with the team and it was a really nice bottle and i could have smelt nice but no i don't (laughs) (laughs) Um, that was one i can't remember what it was but it was a a nice yeah (laughs) it wasn't shared with the team imagine (laughs) a spray every day (laughs) Um, but I think we're just about kind of wrapping up wrapping up time, aren't we? Yes, mm. we are. Any final comments for people? I think the comment that I will make, and it's a bit of a comment that we had before deciding to do this, is that it's quite a difficult subject to talk about. And it's something that is, it's a, it can be a grey area. The guidelines are important. Like we said at the beginning, there's some things that you shouldn't do, like we said at the beginning. But it's a grey area. There's a balance between... Um, your professional self, your personal self, and also intent. What what what's the intention behind um your actions when thinking about approaching boundaries? And I think if you have that in your head, then that will make you possibly do the right thing. Mm. I think for me, it's important to think about what your boundaries are and also why they are your boundaries. So if do they need reviewing? Do you know have you have they worked for you? And you know you absolutely are going to stick with them, or yeah, has a scenario or a situation come up that's made you question it and why? Yeah, just kind of having a bit of a an assessment about your rules and your standards, and yeah, seeing how they play out for you or work for you or don't work for you. Yeah, yeah, similar really. Think about what they are and keep keep reflecting on them. You know treat each family as an individual case or time to reflect no two mm-hmm. situations are the same um rather than having a kind of blanket rule book because i just don't think there is i think you just yeah, got to judge each, each kind of case on its merit yeah for real okay we're so we're done um we as always you can uh, find us on twitter at matters podcast and on instagram at matters podcast also on facebook at the social matters not at just search for the Social Matters <laughs> Podcast. Yes. I never get it wrong. I'm getting it wrong. <laughs> um, and as always, uh, send us your thoughts, um, engage in the conversations, continue in the conversations, and yeah, let us know 
how those go. But until next time, I'm Eugene. I'm Fram. And I'm Nadia. Bye, everyone. Bye. Take care.